Welcome to the Slay Podcast with Leanne Gabriel. Listen in as she leads and empowers with stories of inspiring women making a difference in today's world. Well, good afternoon, Slay family. Hope you are all having a wonderful day. I am just so excited to introduce you to our guest today because she is a brilliant, fabulous author and her book just oozes female empowerment. That's the only thing I could possibly say. So first and foremost, I would like to welcome our guest and brilliant author today, uh, tuning in from Florida. You're in sunny Florida, aren't you? Yes. So today, yes, today we have uh, Phyllis Billmore, and we're so excited, Phyllis, to have you here today. I said your name so fast, it didn't even come out. But we're so excited <laughs> to, have you, to have you here today. And she is the author of Quilt of Souls, which is beyond fabulous. So Phyllis, first of all, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I would love to just know a little bit about you before we dive into your book. Oh, okay. Well, I'm Phyllis Biffle Elmore. Um, haven't always been an author. I guess I started off, started off writing poetry, but you know, my life is really long because I'm old. So <laughs> there's so much to me, but have to do it in slivers. Um, but I was born in Detroit was sent down south when I was a little girl at four to live with my grandparents who I'd never met before. Stayed down, lived with my grandparents and for about almost 10 years. And that's where the story unfolds. I left Detroit, I left Alabama when I was about 12, went to, went back to, my mother brought me back to Detroit. And from there, I went into the Air Force and that's another story all to itself. And then I left Air Force, went into the army um, I'm a Vietnam era veteran, a Saudi veteran, and an Operation Enduring Freedom uh, veteran. And I was the first female B-52 mechanic back in 1974. Uh, I went to University of Maryland, Baltimore County, graduated there in 1984, uh, went back into the military, and to make a long story short, I have a master's in creative writing from the University of Denver, and I moved to Florida have seven grandchildren and a husband who I love dearly. He's my backbone. He's the love and the light of my life. And that's Phyllis. Well, first of all, thank you for your service. That's amazing. We appreciate that. And you even broke barriers in the military. Everywhere you go, you break barriers. And yes. you you are the ultimate women, uh, woman empowerment person, I would say. And I found out that all seven of your grandchildren are... Girls and women, young women. <laughs> Girls and young women. It's awesome. So I want to dive into your book. It was funny. The book was recommended to me and I couldn't put it down. You, I just have to say, before we talk about the story, I read like crazy. I know I'm not an official critic or anything, but the way you write is so beautiful and so descriptive. And I feel like I'm right there in the story from every little nuance of how you felt and the characters. It's just an incredible book. Um, so maybe you'll take a minute and just give a little capsule of what the book is about, please. Okay. Uh, well, I'm glad you mentioned that about the characters because just a little piece of that, I kind of write what I see. Um, and I wanted the characters to speak for themselves. I didn't want to speak for them. So I gave them a voice through mine. So mm. I kind of channeled the, their voices. And I like to write about what I see like a, on a movie screen. Well, I wanted people to actually see the characters and see the environment and see where, for instance, of me laying under the house, I wanted them to smell the dirt and see the chickens. So, so anyway. <laughs> I smell the chickens. Yeah, smell the chickens. <laughs> <laughs> well, the story is about um, 
being sent to my grandmother, uh, grandparents, um, but my grandmother was the main person in my life, so to speak. Um, I had never met my grandparents before. They were, uh, this was from Detroit to rural, very rural Livingston, Alabama. Um, I'm talking about no running water, outside mm -hmm. toilet, uh, everything, the, everything we ate, it was either raised or they, or they, um, either they raised it in the ground or either they <laughs> raised it in the farmyard. So they really didn't buy anything from the store. So this was a completely different environment from Detroit where I would lived in the suburbs. You know, even though I was only four, that was a huge change for me. So being sent down, down South to live with my grandparents, um, it was life-changing. I was, I was crying. I was upset. Mm -hmm. I was distraught. You know, just imagine your four-year-old, you know, being hauled in and, and put in the car with strangers and off to go. You know, I didn't ask any questions because kids just basically didn't ask questions during those days. You just take what was ever given. So my grandmother, she constantly tried to encourage me and, and try to calm my herd and my and my crying and 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 just being frightened of everything and everybody. So it wasn't until about a month or so had went by and she went into this room and she grabbed this old quilt and she brought it and she swaddled me in it. And it was like, wow, geez, this is amazing. All those that I had been down there for at least it was going on two months. And this was the first night where I didn't cry. You know, where I was just being like a baby being swaddled, I guess. And come to find out, that was the quilt that was initially being made by her mother, Emma, who was born in 1840. Now, my grandmother, just a just a small tidbit of her life, she was born in um, on the in Sandersonville, Mississippi. Both her parents were ex-slaves, where they they resided on the same um, plantation that they were enslaved, and you know, I want to get, I don't, I won't give away the story because yes. the story is about my grandmother and she made, who only made quilts from people who had passed on. And I guess there was a method to that, something that maybe was passed down from her mother, but people would bring, when people's family member would pass, they would bring my grandmother their clothing, the person who passed away. And my grandmother would make beautiful quilts. And for some reason, my grandmother knew the stories of how this, how these people lived and how they died. So she would sit there and talk to me and tell me those stories about those people. And that was healing for me, even though I was young and really didn't, couldn't grasp the concept of death. But still, the stories kind of soothed my soul because it was the way she told them. And um, so the story is basically my grandmother, who was, she was a... You, the, the, the whole gist of the story, too, is I didn't want to cover slavery, even though we know that slavery did occur. What I, I attempted to do with this book is to talk about the women, my grandmother and the women of her era. Mm. And what did they do to overcome all the atrocities that they had to face? How did they survive? And a lot of them survived, like my grandmother, by making quilts. And she always said, making beautiful quilts kind of take away the uh, the pain and the sorrow and the hurt. You know, I had, as you see in the book, I had Miss Sugar, who was a butter churner. And she just, and she churned butter for, li for a living. Mm -hmm. And then you had other women who were laundresses. Oh. They sent their children through school, put their kids through college by, by, uh, by washing clothes for the white families in town. And so I wanted to talk about these women that you never 
hear about the untold stories that my grandmother told me about them. Amazing stories that I've never heard mentioned anywhere. So it, the stories are incredible. And each one you read a story when she picks up a cloth and then you get completely sucked into the story of that woman. And, you know, there are so many things I took away from not just the book as a whole, but the, the selection of stories that you shared. First of all, it's remarkable the, um, the way you were able to remember it and put it together and make it so beautiful. I felt like I was sitting there listening to your grandmother, but tell me, you know, what do you want people to walk off from when someone finishes your book, when you were inspired to write it, you know, what was your hope as somebody would read the book and finish it? You know, two things, because number one, and as you can see from a couple of the stories in there, a couple of stories, it was real difficult writing because my grandmother, she told a story about how she was, I mean, how she was abused mm -hmm. and how she was all the, all the atrocities that she experienced. And as she told these stories, I could never understand how the forgiveness piece, because all she talked about was the love she had for the people who you know, who forced these atrocities on her. And I just had a problem with that, you know, of accepting those kind of stories from her and her willingness to forgive. I, I just I just couldn't understand it. You know, what manner of woman have that kind of forgiveness? That's, that was, that was, that was really difficult for me to grasp, even while writing it. So people will walk away, number one, with understanding that no matter what has been done to you, Forgiveness is still an option because as I got older and I and I kind of grasped what she was trying to convey, I found myself the same way because people would ask me, how did you forgive that person? They did. And I found that I was my grandmother. But as a little girl, I would cry and she would not allow me to hold in that anger. She would tell she would stop the story and tell me about you know, you know, forgiveness. And secondly, something my grandmother told me that would just stick with me and I always tell people this and it's 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 something um it's 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 very powerful it's a powerful statement because across from the road where we live there was an old slave cemetery mm -hmm. and my grandmother took me over there one day I guess she wanted to teach me a lesson and she said to me you see these graves you see these folks laying here these are the best stories you've never heard so mm -hmm. I encourage people they need to talk to their elders, get the stories, because yes. once they're gone, it's no coming back. And you will never hear those stories, powerful stories, untold stories. And that's another thing I would love for people to walk away with. Let me go and talk to my elder, you know, because yeah, people, we don't talk to elders anymore like we used to. I know, I know. And it's crazy because, um, you know, I had, you know, I've lost both my parents and you know, there's so many small things I try to hold on from them. And I thought, oh my gosh, I wish I had a quilt like that with my whole family. <laughs> I wish I had something like that. <laughs> so I could see where people, you know, would love that. But, you know, I just also want to share, if you don't mind, that in each story, in addition to, you know, kind of traveling through the journey of what these women went through, there are lessons like, you know, um, Ella, you know, you talk about pride and strength and refusing to succumb to somebody who is trying to bully her, own her, et cetera. And then there's other stories where you experience as a young girl, you know, judgment when you thought something about, I want to give away the whole story, but right. you, know, you thought yeah. something about a woman, then you found out what she'd been through and regret when someone, you know, passed away. There's so many lessons and I could feel the emotion you were going through as you experienced it. And then right. I was going through it too. This book is <laughs> fills 
amazing. Like I love to read, but I, if you are watching this, you need to get this book. I will say it slowly. Phyllis, Old <laughs> Elmore, Quilt of Souls. Can you hold up? Cause you have the beautiful hard copy. I don't have the pretty hard copy you do. There it is. And it is on Amazon and get it. <laughs> it's so amazing. So I'm thrilled. Now, is this your first and only book? Do you think you're going to write more books? You write so well. Well, it's a sequel because you see where it, I, it, the book stopped, where, where my life stopped, the story stopped, where there's so much more that transpired after. That's why I wanted to take each chapter. Each chapter is, relates back to a piece of clothing that's in the quilt, in yes. my quilt souls. And I do have my quilt of souls behind me if you want me to hold it up. Yes, I would love to see that. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, I don't want to get, I'd like to ask you, well, where's this piece? But I don't want to give away anything in the books. <laughs> that is beautiful. And each chapter is, relates back to a piece of clothing that's in my quilt. And that's what so make the story so interesting because people could see the quilt that I'm holding in the cover and they could say, wow, geez, where is uh, Cooter's dress? You know, <laughs> that's so. what I was saying. <laughs> And the other thing is your grandmother made them for other people. You talk about right. that in the book as well. Yes. Yes. That's, that was powerful because some of the people's clothing that's in my quilt, I, I had to reconcile that that piece of those people's clothing needed to be part of my quilt. Mm, yes. Yeah. And, you know, it's such a shame because I, I, that the art of doing that, not just making a quilt, but making one and encompass the you know, the history and lessons and all these different things. It's such an amazing tribute to the people who their pieces of clothing are, are in there. You right. know, I, I wish there was a way to get something like that nowadays. It's just <laughs> incredible. Maybe that could be your next venture, you know? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, um, you know, is there anything else that you want to add regarding the book before we wrap up? Because I just want to encourage people to grab it. Yeah, the book is it, the, the book is very powerful because the statements in there that's made and I wanted to show and I hope I conveyed that message that, you know, there are untold stories and, you know, stories that you don't hear about. Just like you don't hear about laundresses. I mean, you can Google laundresses and you're not going to find anything. But my, like my grandmother said, laundresses were the most hardworking of, of women because the things they had to wash outside. So it's just, I mean, taking those stories and just these are these are women who lived long ago. That's why my book touches on sexism, racism, colorism, mm -hmm. sexual abuse, physical abuse. It covers so many aspects of society that's going on right now. And uh, and I didn't know that that was happening until I finished writing the writing the book and somebody told me. So wow, you touched on a lot of. Uh, you did. Things that's happening today. And so when I think people will see that when they read the book and they can relate to a lot of things that are in it. If they, if they themselves, I'm sure they know someone who's been Correct. Yep. some of those things. So it's funny that you mentioned the laundresses, you know, because on the surface you would think, oh, so they did people's laundry. That's not that hard until you read the chapter. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize it was like that, but but I do think what's beautiful, you do touch on a lot of very current and very crucial topics, but you somehow have an art of doing it in a way 
where, you know, you feel so much compassion and really heartbreak for the people who experienced it, but you walk away feeling kind of empowered by right. how they handled things or empowered by how the tribute was made to them. So it never, it, it's uh, some of the realities are very harsh, but it doesn't leave you depressed. It leaves you just in awe of the strength of women. It really right. does. Yeah, it's uplifting. It, it, really. it is, it really is. Uplifting because you have, I mean, to see what these women went through and another aspect I haven't touched on, and I, I, I think a lot of people don't realize, these grandmothers of that era, they were the most underrated demographics for that period. Because when I went to my little two-room school, I had 28 kids in my class, and 80% were being raised by their old grand, their elderly grandparents. And that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. But that's what happened that during that great migration where Blacks left South, went up North looking for better opportunities, they would have kids and, oh, wow, we have too many kids. You know, they don't have great jobs. So they would send a child or two back South to be raised by their grandparents or their grandmothers. Basically, actually, grandmothers did a lot of the, the child rearing. But that's why I said these are what I consider grandmama's other babies, you know, raising their children's children. And a lot of kids that grew up down south with me, they were in the same circumstances that I was in. So those grandmothers who those born right after Reconstruction raised a lot of grandchildren. They were like the ultimate matriarchs of the family. There's no yes. doubt about it. They really yes. were. And and you, you know, going from Detroit to you got to milk a cow and the chickens and <laughs> what color eggs were? Oh my gosh. So, yeah. Going to the outhouse. Oh my God. All I'm that. Like, I'm like, holy smoke. So yeah. um, obviously the book is available on Amazon. It's called Quilt of Souls, but also right. could you give out your website too? So if they want to learn more about you or the book and other ways they can go there too, please. Okay. It's uh, my website is www.thequiltofsouls.com. And my book is called Quilt of Souls, a memoir. Because you'll see another quote of souls out there, which is being is taken out of publication because it was the self-published version that I wrote in 2015. So, but it it's separate and different from the one I have here. Yes, yours pops right up on Amazon if somebody wants to go right. ahead and grab it. Well, thank you, Phyllis, for um for being here, first of all. And thank you for writing this extraordinary book. And I'm telling you, anybody watching this. You will not be disappointed. Grab this book. It's just awesome. And she is one powerful writer. Really appreciate you taking the time to be with us Thank today. Thank you for having me too. Oh, absolutely a pleasure. And Camilla Stokes, who was, you know, was really adamant about you bringing me on the show. So. Yes, I want to take a minute and acknowledge one of our um, members of Slay. Carmilla is the one who told us about this book. She told me about you. She told me about the book. So thank you, Carmilla, for the gift you've just brought to the whole organization. We'll see you next week. Everyone have a fantastic Valentine's Day. And again, Phyllis, thank you so much for your talent and your heart and what you are doing for people. It's just beautiful. Thank you. Everyone have a great night. Thank you for listening to the Slay Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to join our exclusive Facebook group, you can reach out to Leanna and her staff at slaywithlg at gmail.com. That's S. L-A-E with L-G at gmail.com.